0: Hi, Bettina. Thank you so much for taking the time out. Hey, Lacia. Thanks so much for inviting me to talk with you. Can you tell me about where you grew up and what you ate?
1: Yeah, totally. So I grew up um, in suburban Philadelphia, um, and I moved there when I was five from the Philippines. Um, so what I ate was sort of like I feel like it was sort of all over the place. Like my mom just watched the Food Network a lot and like read a lot of cooking books and you know different newspaper columns and just tried a- foods from like a lot of different inspirations. Um, so honestly, I didn't actually grow up eating a ton of Filipino food. I feel like I ate sort of really inspired by the fact that I was just like in the United States and like sometimes ate Filipino food, but really it was just like not really tied to any cuisine in particular.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And how did you end up getting into the food world? Yeah, I mean, I mean, th- I mean, I
1: think because of that, I was sort of like always very into food, like I would, I would read all my mom's cookbooks and watch the Food Network a lot. So it was always sort of, like, the thing that I liked. Um, and I sort of always wanted to, you know, I always wanted to be, like, the food travel host who would go and eat mm-hmm. things and then talk about it. Um, and so it was – that was sort of, like, not top of mind for me, I think, for, like, most of my life. And then when I got to college, I sort of realized that, like, food media was a thing and was something that I could potentially do. Um, and I ended up sort of working in the food – in, like – food service for a while. So that was sort of how I got into it. Um, And then just started like freelancing and getting into the media side after that.
0: Right, right. And, you know, I I said this, that I was going to ask you about emo, but (laughs) um, so like from your tweets, you were like, so, you know, into that kind of music. And so I wanted to ask, what are your favorite bands? And like, you did that scene have any impact on what you eat what you think about food because I write so much obviously about veganism and like how mm-hmm. tied that was to those kinds of scenes
1: yeah totally I mean like so basically so for like my favorite bands I mean I, it was really just like you know the ones that were big so honestly my favorite band for a really long time was Brand New um but I also loved like Taking Back Sunday basically like the entire Fueled by Ramen like roster and just that whole like victory records adjacent, like popular internet band scene. And I think I've never mm-hmm. thought about it really in terms of food until you sort of brought up this question. But I think it did actually sort of influence my approach to food in that when I was growing up, my my best friend and I would go into Philadelphia a lot for shows. And sort of that was my way to be sort of like independent. Like I was sort of free to just go around the city and do whatever. And that was sort of Mm -hmm. like, there was this Malaysian restaurant that was right by this venue that I went to a lot. And that was sort of like the first restaurant that I really became like a regular at. Like my best friend and I would go there a lot and she was not familiar with like, she didn't really eat a lot of like Asian food or anything like that. So this was sort of one of my early experiences of sort of like helping someone sort of explore new cuisines and we'd sort of try Mm -hmm. new dishes together and like, you know, it became like a favorite spot for us. So yeah, I mean, I think in the sense of like, the emo scene gave me a lot of independence. And that sort of helped me discover food and like eating on my own. um, And figuring out sort of what I liked, like independent from my parents.
0: Right, right. No, that's so fascinating. And yeah, how did you get into writing about cake? Because for Vice, you have a column called Cake Hole. Like how, how does how did that happen? Yeah, totally. So I mean, I think that this
1: has sort of just been like, uh, I spent a few years like decorating cakes. And so I just sort of like started keeping an eye on like what people were doing. Um, But then sort of recently, I sort of fell into sort of like the Instagram cake scene a little bit more. And the, the column was sort of just like born out of like my editors being really flexible and just being like, okay, you're really interested in this. So they've let me sort of explore Uh, my little internet obsessions in that way. Mm
0: -hmm. Right, right, right. And how did you kind of get into writing about not just food, but you know, trends really on the internet, you know, the font of gentrification and that sort of thing? Like, does that intersect with your food writing at all? or, Or do you see these things as separate?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that like, I don't, I guess I don't really think about them too much as far as like, what the writing I do is categorized as. And I think I mostly Mm -hmm. just approach it from the point of view of like writing about whatever is interesting to me and whatever sort of like taking up a lot of my mental space at any given moment. Um, so yeah, I think that just like, I think that the internet is a really interesting space to sort of look at the way culture is formed. Um, and so I think most of that, like most of my attention is in the food side of things. Um, but I also don't feel like I like need to be limited just to writing about food, you know?
0: Right. Right. And do you, you know, I, how do you kind of balance, you know, bigger ideas of, of what to cover with having to write at that staff writer pace of, of getting stuff out there? You know, I know you've had a few features lately that have been really big hits. Like you're right about your work on that. um the, Food the book by the Filipino food writer um, that was a big hit and and other things that kind of really grasp people as more long reads but how do you balance like the ideas for longer pieces and the ideas for shorter pieces and that kind of workload
1: yeah absolutely I mean I feel like one of my big problems is sort of like I sometimes can like be I generate ideas as sort of a form of procrastination um, so <laughs> I feel like the idea part is never really the hard part for me because I feel like I'm always like adding like a bunch of new ideas to my list but yeah Mm -hmm. I think that for me and like also as a huge sort of perfectionist and wanting feeling like everything you know everything could be a little bit better I could find a slightly more perfect source stuff like that I feel like for me it's part of it is sort of understanding that at a certain point you sort of just have to accept that like if the thing is done like not everything is going to be is going to be written sort of with the goal of being like you know really long or like really like really incisive or something that you're going to submit for awards and just sort of figuring out that like some things are a little simpler um
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know, don't necessarily need quite as much sort of time um or as many words even
0: right 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 and you know you have a very you know personal food aesthetic as well in your food photos so how did you come to like be really a cook because i do feel like some a, a food writer doesn't necessarily have to be a good cook, but it it always helps, I suppose. But you do seem to be a very good cook, someone who can can work with recipes, change them. I saw that you made a miso carbonara, but you use mushrooms instead of bacon. You know, how how did you learn how to cook and how did you develop your kind of personal approach to cooking?
1: yeah totally I mean I think that's an interesting point because I feel like some food writers are very much on like the restaurant end of things and some food writers are much more on like the home cooking end of things and I feel mm-hmm. like I've especially over this year I've realized that like I feel like I'm much more drawn to sort of the home cooking side in part mm-hmm. because you know, it works a lot better for my budget to cook everything um but yeah, I mean I think I learned how to cook mostly just by like watching my mom like if I think about it there's no only like maybe two or three dishes that she sort of like explained to me like how to do, Mm -hmm. but it was sort of just like, I would hang out in the kitchen a lot while she was doing stuff and sort of just like ambiently learned techniques and things like that. Um, So I think really for me, it's sort of just been, it's like, especially over the pandemic and I have to like cook a lot more for myself. It's sort of just been drawing on all of those things and realizing like, you know, that I just know the technique for doing certain things and I can play around with it. um I'm definitely definitely not a very like recipe oriented cook and I feel like when I do use recipes I really like mess with them a lot like you know like I didn't follow like that miso carbonara you know super closely but I think I like to sort of like use recipes as inspiration and then sort of play around based on like what I know and like what I have around
0: right 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 and how has the pandemic kind of influenced your cooking at all
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I think, like, for one thing, I'm cooking a lot more, like, I think that I've, since I've sort of been living on my own, I have, like, always cooked a decent amount, but, you know, like, living in New York, and then, like, working a full-time job and commuting, I feel like it was really easy to get into the thing of just, like, okay, well, I'll just get, like, a slice of pizza on my way home, or, like, I'll stop by this place, but I think that, like, since the pandemic started, I've sort of just realized that, like, I'm... Like, and it sounds so full of myself, right? But like, I've realized like I'm actually a pretty good cook and most of the food I can make, I'm like very happy with, and I don't necessarily feel the need to like get food elsewhere. Um, Mm -hmm. But so it's been a fun way to sort of like lean into that and just sort of like play around a little bit more. And I feel like I've just landed on like a lot of, you know, things and formats that I make that like are foods I really enjoy eating, but are also like really fun for me to cook.
0: Right, 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 and you know, you write for Vice, and so I, I've kind of noticed over time, and have been frustrated over time by how a lot of food writers really can ignore things going on in politics that or business that ref, have an effect on food. But at Vice, it seems like you have a little bit more freedom to make those connections, especially because you know people that you work with are all are covering those those aspects. You know, I was mm-hmm. just citing. Um, a piece about how plant-based meat that people are coming out with now, like Impossible or Beyond, they has its roots in Chinese cuisine, which was not something that like other people were tackling as as quite as deeply or as kind of just blatantly, like explicitly covering that. So how do you feel, you know, that you're allowed to kind of make more bigger statements about food, because you also did one of the few critical pieces of Taste the Nation as well, which was Padma Lakshmi's food show that was, Mm -hmm. you know, a bit nationalistic.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, I think that like the thing that really has worked in my favor sort of advice is the fact that we're not, you know, I feel like we're doing the food coverage that not a lot of other websites are doing. Um, mm-hmm. I think we exist in a sort of in a really sort of different space like we're not doing a ton of restaurant coverage we're not really telling you like what to eat and so I think that gives me a lot more chance to sort of take risks and sort of think about things like food in terms of much bigger contexts and I think that also like you know these are like the the way that like class and race and colonialism like in, have influenced food are things that just like personally interest me and that matter a mm-hmm. lot to me and I think I've just been really lucky that like if I come to my editor with ideas that want to get a little more like critical or incisive about like what food culture is, you know, they sort of trust that like that matters to me and therefore like it's something that's worth pursuing. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think it's been really helpful that I'm sort of not like hampered by having to do like product announcements or like restaurant opening pieces and things like that. Like I can exist in a very like almost like looking at food culture and food media with a much like broader eye.
0: Right, right, right. And I mean, you do write so much about social media and so much about like being online, quote unquote. And, sure. you know, for me, and I think because of the pandemic, that has become so much of an a, a piece of our lives, even more so than it was before, where it's just really our only venue for expression and, and contact with people in the outside world. And you told James Hansen for an interview in Indigestion, like, What's exciting to me is that now food's relationship with being online appears to see people favoring things that are less branded and more individual. And it's interesting to me because I'm writing about cake right now and cake decorating and mm-hmm. you've written a lot about cake and how kind of the aesthetics shift over time and you can see people kind of get going into the same vein as other people. And, and, you know, I think in cake specifically, there is a very – heavy social media influence on what people want and what people you know think is a good cake and you know right now it's like very organic um in decor it's it's not using fondant it's not using like heavy uh, food coloring but like before this moment in cake I thought there was there was a lot of like there was that you know tons of food coloring like make a shag cake make a unicorn cake like mm-hmm. and now we're in a moment of of a really organic um, cake decor. And, you know, so, uh, like you said, like things are less branded and more individual, but at the same time, there is this kind of, uh, constant influence that is, you know, not necessarily something you can shake off. So, you know, how, how have you been thinking about social media and food right now? Like, do you, do you see, uh, that continuing the trend toward being a little bit more, you know, individual, even if it's not, you know what everyone else is doing yeah
1: absolutely I mean I think I mean I think cake is a really sort of interesting way to sort of watch all of these things play out in part because like it is such a distinct niche on Instagram but it is also sort of a niche with so many like styles and like different sort of way that way cake is playing out that it's like really interesting to watch I think um Mm -hmm. And so, like, so yeah, I mean, I think that like even a few months ago when I started sort of writing about cakes, I was thinking like, you know, like these messy cakes, like I think that's sort of going to be maybe like this will be the peak of the trend or sort of it'll become like over after that, you know. But I think mm-hmm. that even in the past few months, I think that there have been so many other trends sort of coming out of that scene that I think that right. even if something feels very like popular and like it's been done a lot, I think that. Yeah, I think the scene is sort of just continuing to like expand and like try new things. I think it's really interesting because, like, you know, so much of this is not being guided by like any one creator on Instagram. Like, right. I think it's just sort of like a lot of people are sort of like in communication with each other in a very sort of like, you know, in a very friendly way that's not, it doesn't seem like people are sort of trying to take over the scene. Like, it doesn't seem like one person wants to have like, The monopoly on this decorating style in Mm -hmm. like whereas like you know some of those sort of other trends did feel like you know someone was trying to build a brand out of a certain cake visual that was very polished and like instagrammable but this like sort of this sort of growing wave to me feels much more like everyone just sort of wants to like be inspired by each other and like create work that's fun and exciting but isn't necessarily like you know something that they're owning or that they want to be the only person who's doing that, you know?
0: Right. No, and you've been posting a lot. I think the, what, what trend you've been focusing on a little bit, right. Is the more like maybe classic American bakery style cake, but that has kind of gone in a weirder direction, like a very, maybe Amy Sedaris type direction. Um, Mm -hmm. So like, how have you, when did you start to notice that? And and I do, I do feel like it's very interesting that that is happening alongside like these more organic, like um maybe rooted in that squirrel aesthetic cake. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so, I
1: mean, like, so I feel like there, yeah, I feel like there is a big resurgence of sort of like this, like vintage, like playing off the like classic, like Wilton designs look. But I think, right. But yeah, I think the thing that's really interesting is that over the past like few months or so people have take, use it, used it to like you write much like sillier statements on top or you use colors that are not necessarily like, you know, traditional American dessert looks like, so a cake that's frosted very like traditionally and vintage inspired, but it's like completely black, for example. Um, Or there was one the other day that said like, I still can't believe Dan was gossip girl. Just like things that sort of really (laughs) with your expectations about what you should see on a cake.
0: Right. Right, and you know, do you bake cake like, uh, or is it just kind of a more um, intellectual pursuit?
1: (laughs) Well, so like, so I like I used to decorate them as like for work. It was like several years ago. But the thing is, I actually don't really like eating cake. Um, I'm very much like a. I don't have a sweet tooth at all. I'm very much like a salty food person. Um, So I really sort of prefer cakes from like a observant and, like, visual standpoint and sort of, like, what are the trends? But I'm not really, like – I don't – I like, I always – I keep saying that I want to bake cakes. I just got, like – I finally got a stand mixer. And so I, like, i have baked a few cakes. But, like, the thing is that, like, I want to bake them and I want to decorate them and I want to, like, experiment with what they look like. But then I'm sort of left with, like, this cake that I don't want (laughs) to eat. So I think maybe, like, when the pandemic is over and I can, like, have people over or I can, like, bring more people food – um, it'll right. be something I do, but for the moment, it's sort of like my boyfriend and I don't need a bunch of cakes at home.
0: Right, right. No, that's, for me, it's it's great to have like family and friends very close by to bring cake to, mm-hmm. because I also make a lot of cake um, and, and have to do something with it. But yeah, you mentioned, you know, when the pandemic is over, when we're all vaccinated, you know, in that beautiful future, you know, what are you looking forward to most food-wise for when you know you don't have to cook every meal at home yourself. Well, I mean honestly that's the thing I'm looking forward to the most is sort of you know I
1: over the past like almost year I feel like I've really like honed my cooking skills but I feel like I'm not really able to share it with anyone other than like posting right. pictures online. Um so that's really the thing cuz I feel like before this I really took the concept of sort of like gathering for granted and I was like you know, always coming up with an excuse for, like, why I couldn't have people over for dinner. Like, I didn't have the right plates or I didn't have the right, like, serving bowl or whatever. Um, but now I'm realizing that sort of, like, that stuff doesn't matter very much. Um And really what right. I want to do is just, like, cook for people and sort of, uh, like, come together over meals again um, in a way that, like, mm-hmm. I'm creating the experience.
0: Right, right. And for you, is cooking a political act? I
1: mean, I think so. I think that, I think that my daily cooking, I don't know that I don't know that I think about it terribly hard, like I'm sort of just mm-hmm. sustaining myself. Um, but I feel like the part that feels really political to me is sort of like revisiting those like cultural dishes and the things mm-hmm. that like, you know, my family used to make or just learning more about Filipino food than I maybe haven't even eaten before. Um, mm-hmm. because I do feel like it is sort of an act of like understanding your history and sort of understanding this like this broad culture that largely has not traveled from the Philippines to here, like in my family, like I think that it's political and that I'm sort of reviving these histories that may have gone like unspoken or not written down. Um, And sort of just understanding sort of the broader history of like the culture that I come from. And I feel like, I don't know, I feel like I'm always sort of searching for more understanding of what Filipino food means. And I think that, I have found a lot of resources and I, I have like, I, I feel like there's a lot of things that I've learned about recently, but I feel like one, one thing I sort of struggle with is sort of like making those foods. Um, You know, like, I feel like I play, I do a lot of like versions of things that I grew up with, but there are also like a, a lot of like those, those new dishes I, that I'm reading about, like I, that I've never had before. I haven't necessarily made some of them because I feel like for one thing, like dish, I don't cook a lot of meat. So Sometimes I'm trying to sort of get inspiration from these cookbooks, but they are sort of more, like, meat-centric than I, like, want to cook with. Um, so, yeah, I feel like I think that cooking is political in the sense that of, like, learning these things and understanding these histories, but I also i am sort of figuring out how I feel about actually sort of cooking some of these dishes.
0: Right, right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time today. Yeah,
1: totally. Thank you so much for taking, the, for reaching out to me. <laughs>